Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of Canadian theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This episode of the Fantasy Fantasia podcast is brought to you and sponsored by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Avery Malosh, and I will be your Dungeon Master for tonight's episode of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Previously in Legend of the Silver Flame, Lakara, Bree, and Velvet face off with an incarnation of Sol Katesh, who has possessed the King of Eldachester and most of its people. Sai, Lena, and Giriad join the Dwarven Resistance outside, facing off against the animated undead Red Dragon in the city streets. Velvet learns to fly, Giriad rides the dragon with dexterous grace, Lena attempts a rousing war speech, Sai turns the dragon into a frog, making it easily captured, and Bree rolls a successful divine intervention to blast Solkatesh's essence away, ending the possession over Ildechester. Although we never found out what the promise was between the two dwarven brothers in battle, the Kyber Shard is collected, bringing their count to four, and Ildechester is safe. For a time. Until the Lords of Dust, with the help of a gargantuan demon, the same demon which flattened the city of Minver, blasts a hole in the Great Wall of Ildechester, ready for a full-scale attack against the city, coming for the Shard and the Fire Things Club. Now let's launch into tonight's session. Tonight, we are heading into the climax around Ildechester's arc and Giriad's arc, and before we head into it, I just wanted to touch base with everybody. Now we're at level 12, right? Yeah, yeah the power! Yeah. The power! I, I'm at level 50. <laughs> yeah, the lucky draw of the deck of many things. Well, the deck insane. of many things that could oh go God. wrong, but it went right. Uh, I just wanted to touch base with everybody to see if there's anything cool that they got along the way now that you are level 12, whether it's accepting some new feats or some new class abilities. Uh, so why don't we start with Velvet? Velvet, what do you got going on tonight? Well, when I went up to level 12, I didn't get much. I just got to boost an ability score. So I decided to put some into Velvet's uh, already overflowing charisma. And (laughs) I pushed my spell save a little bit higher. So it's now at 16. So that's not too bad. Um, But before that, on level 11, what I did get is I am now allowed to take two spells from any other spell class as long as it's within my spell levels. Now, I haven't done that yet, uh, but I look forward to picking them when I can get more spells. I didn't 
get any level 12, but uh, I did use a few of them last episode, so I'll just say some that I picked up along the way are uh, Mislead and Mass Suggestion, so I get to influence the minds of about 12 creatures around me. Uh, they obviously get to roll against it, but uh, if they uh, do it, and uh, if I do get them under my spell, and they don't do what I want, then they take a significant amount of psychic damage, too. <laughs> so it's going to break some minds and break some hearts probably along the process. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's about it for me. Nice, nice, right on. How about, how about you, Kimba's side? Yes, so Sai, uh, when, when he leveled up to, to 12, um, I took a feat because um, otherwise I would have had the ability level and I w wasn't going to get much. And I was looking through the feats and I chose Aberrant Dragon Mark. Oh, ooh. So what this is, is um, there's uh, something called a dragon mark and it has, um, there's actually like houses and stuff like that. But an aberrant dragon mark is sort of, you know, somebody can randomly develop it and um, you manifest a dragon mark somewhere on your body. And this mark has um, special magical abilities as well as flaws that come with it. So what I get is my uh, constitution score goes up by one, which doesn't do anything to my... Um, uh, my, my, my what do we call it? The Armor the, class? No, no, no. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't do anything to my armor class, but... To the modifier? But, what? Modifier, oh, the thank modifier. you. Ah, <laughs> Hi, yes. how long have I been playing this? <laughs> that thing, the thing you add to your rolls. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, but, I, but, you know, my constitution goes up by one. Um, I also get to learn a cantrip um, from the sorcerer's spell list and also a first level spell from the sorcerer's sorcerer spell list. Now, what I've chosen is I've chosen poison spray for the cantrip. Ooh. And yeah, which is really cool. I get to, well, spray poison. And <laughs> uh, then the uh, first level spell, because my AC is only 11 and I'm, we're, you know, going to be battling a demon, um, I've chosen mage armor. So we can get a little bit more, bump up the AC. However, um, there's a cost to this. So this dragon mark has a flaw. And what you do is you roll a D8. And uh, I rolled ahead of time. And the flaw is is that after I use my mark, so we're able, I'm able to cast the, um, these spells through my dragon mark, but if I do that, then I will have horrific nightmares after I use it. Damn. Oh, wow. Yes. That's actually kind of cool. It makes sense given uh, kind of size backstory. Yeah. Some bad things have happened. So maybe now that you're have, having constant nightmares, it'll come a little more to the surface exactly. Yeah. What size past is before he stepped foot on Valendia? Mm-hmm. And we Ooh. just encountered a dragon, so you know. Yeah, a little shook, a little shook from little, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how about Carla with Lena? Yeah, so Lena just had an ability score improvement, and I was looking at getting something, you know, helpful like Great Weapon Master, or I was actually looking at a feat called Demonic Skin, where your skin has rough scaly patches that enhance your natural armor. Oh. But then I realized I could do that by just taking an ability score improvement because I rolled so <laughs> poorly when I created Lena. So I just upped my con by two, so I bumped up my AC uh, to make Lena a bit more beefy. But I kind of feel like story-wise, because Rack's taken over a few times now, that maybe she does have some demonic skin anyway. And with the darkening hair and uh, hair falling out, in addition to that, maybe she does have a few little scaly dark patches, kind of like rack skin, starting to manifest on her. 
Oh my god, I love that. You know, just make her more attractive, more de more desirable for Darian <laughs> if he survives. They have, yeah, the deeper you go with Rack, the more he comes to the surface. Totally yeah, just makes kind sense. Of building on what you started with that. So yeah, I think that's what's happening. Right on. Okay. And how about Steph with Bree? Yeah. So I got an ability score improvement also, and what I decided to do was um, also up my con to up my armor class. So. So that's seven now. There's 17 now. And <laughs> I know. Seven. Wow. That's, <laughs> I was looking that's at the crazy. last number 17. Um, yeah, I figured she got like a bit it of extra toughness after that divine intervention from Mistra. So I decided uh, yeah, to. Yeah, right on. Yeah. You've been empowered and uh, it left a little lingering effect. You're even more powerful. That's cool. I love that. And finally, Matt with Gyrion. Now, what's your story with your level up, my friend? What <laughs> have you got? <laughs> well, uh, so, so let's start with uh, um, when I became level 12, uh, or 13, should I say, I was unaffected by non-magical difficult terrain, I believe. No, it was 12. Okay, when I was, when I was level 13, I picked up... Um, I reduce exhaustion by one per short rest in proficiency... A day uh, per day and I gain 1d8 plus wisdom temp HP as an action if I wish to hey cool that's uh, useful my beast can attack twice I picked up the feet squat nimbleness which means I add plus five to my speed and I gain athletics or acrobatics proficiency and oh my um, god plus one to strength or dex and I was already maxed on dex and um, <laughs> I was also un I'm now untrackable without magic and I can hide as a bonus oh my, my, my mark does an extra d8 and um spells i cast on me it goes to my beast automatically if it's within 30 feet of me. holy shit <laughs> matt you're so, i'm so wow. glad you're on our side oh yeah. my god yeah <laughs> nobody made geary mad <laughs> yeah yeah he could he could sneeze and put you out of the water <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. his brand glows by accident yeah <laughs> With oh, Steph's yeah. seven hit points, yeah, she's done. Yeah, well. oh my god. Or <laughs> <laughs> AC, I mean. Oh, yes. Amazing. All right, so without further ado, let's launch into the climax of Ilda Chester tonight's session. <laughs> nice job, everybody. <laughs> that was wonderful. Only took us a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. some serious fucking woos for Monster Hearts. If you don't deliver, I'm gonna be pissed. You guys are, you guys are oh, bringing I'm it, for Avery. Come on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you guys are bringing the heat right now. These are some woos. So, at the beginning of this session, we're gonna be backtracking just a little bit. You could say about 30 minutes to the wall crumbling. The king is walking through the streets of a now peaceful Ildechester, looking up at the moon sky and the nice clear night sky with the stars shining above and just picturing to himself all the dwarven warriors, the constellations of them from the many years past and proud of his people for pulling through in a time where he failed. When a figure approaches him in the dark. And he squints his eyes and he calls out, Hello? <clears throat> Hello? <laughs> ah, Gyriad. And um, you see the king gets visibly uncomfortable for a moment as he approaches you and he says, Gyriad, I'm, 
I owe you the biggest. I'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> now, normally a king of his stature would not allow this, but considering you kind of just saved the day, he just stops and he looks into your eyes and is ready to listen. <clears throat> my liege, what happened? What happened with my father? Why? Did you kill him? Now, Gary, that wasn't me. I promise when I, I took the gauntlet and I went without your mother and I, I knew I shouldn't have, but I, ac I activated the gauntlet and then Solkatesh poisoned my mind and I'm ashamed. I'm so deeply ashamed that I didn't have the willpower to resist her influence, but the images and the voice that filled my mind, the demands that she made and the repercussions if I did not follow were unimaginable. I am, I must give you a king's apology for what happened to your father. He died because of me. That night I asked my men to bring him in when he was in the castle sneaking around listening to me and your mother's conversation about the dig. And they fucked up, and I should have taken the blame for that. I should have came out clean with what we were up to, but... It was my mistake for throwing him into that jail and leaving him to rot, and it was my mistake that Sulkatesh brought him out and executed him in front of everybody. Your father was a great, great dwarf, and he did not deserve such an end. My liege, and I bow to him, I will not kill you. Oh, <laughs> he, he kind of like brings his shoulders back and his eyes widen. And as instinctually, he reaches for his sword on his side, but then mm. just um, releases the tension in his shoulders. And he looks up to the sky and he just kind of gives a small laugh. <laughs> I appreciate that, Gyriad. So long as I breathe, me and my companions, we will take down this spirit. This demon, you have my word. And I walk away. The king, the king stands there for a moment, just co contemplating the conversation. He looks up to the sky once more and gives a sigh, a heavy sigh, and continues walking through the night, thinking about what the hell is the plan for tomorrow morning with this mimic. No pickpocketing the king. <laughs> what? The king turns around and Mimic was flying there silently with his new formed eyeglass with precision picking into the king's pockets. He flies up in front of the king. Watch it, bud. And he flies away and perches on your shoulder, Gurion. You are so good at that. No, you. No, me. Okay. And I just perch him up. Yeah. And I keep walking away. Gurion, you continue walking through the city making your way back to a special place between you and Deirdre, a place that she let you know wasn't destroyed with all the battle going on in Ildichester. The one grove, the one most natural part of Ildichester, a garden built with this beautiful art, dwarven architecture and vines wrapping around arches, fountains and water heard spraying gently in the night. You go to this garden and you see her just perched on a bench, sitting, 
watching a fountain and a few fish that are swimming within it of a dark green, brown, and earthy tones. Ah, uh, Deirdre. I go to sit down with her. Uh, your step was always silent. I didn't hear you coming. <laughs> I remember this place. You know, Idlechester isn't as bad as I remember it. I know a lot of what happened must skew your view of it, but the place where we sit right now will always be a warm one in my heart. And she places her hand on yours. I missed you, Garriott. Every fiber of my being, every breath I took, the only thing that kept me moving forward, other than my friends, was knowing that you were alive somewhere, and I kept going. You must know this. In fact, I go to, I go to pull something out, and um, I have my journal. Oh. And uh, I wanted to give you this. I wanted to explain... That it's the... How do I... It, it's the, the... She places her hand on yours, her other hand, and clasps your hand between hers and says, You were never one for words, Gary, it's okay. Damn velvet. Thank you for the letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cherish this. Should, should I open it now? As she begins to pull back on the envelope. Uh, sure. Uh, whatever, whatever you wish, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 would I, I would love for you to open it now. She goes to open it, and then she stops, and she closes it once more. She just turns to you, and she says, Gary, I am so sorry for the way I reacted when you came back. I, I was just really hurt, and to be honest, I never expected to see you again, so... I was overcome with a lot of emotion. I just came back from being possessed by whatever force was in that dragon, and there was a lot going on, a lot of emotions, especially for a dwarf. Mm. But yeah. I, I just want you to know that every day that went by, I, I didn't stop thinking about you either. I knew that although you've been outcasted, you were making a grand life for yourself. And I pictured you walking through forests, across deserts, up mountains, and helping the people along the way that live in each of those places. Making it a better place, a place better than Ilda Chester. Mm. He smiles. I'm really glad you found people along the way to bring you back to me. These people, humans are not so fragile as I thought. <laughs> Some. As she laughs. <laughs> Especially gnomes. <laughs> that little one. You're you seem to have taken a liking to it. A liking to him. No. What's going on with him anyway? <laughs> Gary, you almost blush as much as when you see me when you look at him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ar uh crosses his arms and just looks the other way and he goes like um. Thought so little of gnomes, but this one, this one, is also tree black. <laughs> Many of the people in the city only know him to be this grand performer, and they know his image. <laughs> but on the inside, he sounds truly good. 
we should go with him. He says that we, he wanted to travel. I think we should try it. I would love to, Geriot. I, I would love to leave Ildichester. <laughs> I would love that too. As you say, that mimic flies off your shoulder and is hovering above the water, kind of scratching at it with his feet, trying to grab fish out of the pond. He's like, rah, hungry, rah, hungry, rah. And the fish are <laughs> darting this way and that, making their own little dexterity saving throws, trying to get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> this bird saved my life, Deirdre. Did I ever tell you that story? No, you didn't. Please tell. He warned me of a bear, and then I shot it. Oh. That was it. Ah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wish I had more to say. I, a, a mighty friend when it comes down to it. Yes. I'm impressed. And he stuck with me till the end. <laughs> he had no reason to warn me, but he did. And so he's with me forever. Well, you, me, Mimic, and Velvet, we can all be our own little family after this. <laughs> That's adorable. Promise. Now, what did you write for me? Oh, I'm so excited you never wrote before. As she begins to as she begins to pull back on the envelope, all of a sudden, the ground shakes. <gasps> and you hear the crumbling of thousands of tons of stone. And you look behind you. You get up immediately, you look behind you, and you see that the impenetrable wall of Ildichester has fallen in one part. And you see through the smoke as it rises and leaves the area, a giant red demon staring through, standing at least 80 feet tall, maybe even more, with a club 40 feet long. Fuck. (laughs) What the hell is that? A new enemy. And I I take out my bow. (laughs) (laughs) And Mimic immediately flies on your shoulder and says, run, go. All right, I run, yep. Deirdre, she stuffs the letter in her breast pocket and she immediately runs after you out of the garden. Now, all the others, uh, Sai, Bree, Velvet, you all meet in the marketplace, uh, followed by a swarm of dwarves coming out of their homes, coming out of the tavern, half of them still drunk from celebrating the victory merely hours in the day before, and you all see it together. The king even enters the market and stands next to you with his jaw gape as you see this 80-foot red black-horned demon staring into the city. And the king says, Oh my god. He turns to the, th- to the three of you, Lycara and Giriad as well. You all meet in the square together. And the king yells to the men, What are you standing around for? Start grabbing your weapons! Harness those nets! Get to your positions! And he looks and immediately people begin running and yelling and grabbing weapons from their homes, going to barracks to grab other weapons. And he comes to you guys and he says, You five! As he stares at Lycara, Velvet, Bree, Sai, Giriad. And he says, I need you to come with me. Okay. Uh, okay. Way. <laughs> where, where are we going? Uh, we're going come, away come. from the demon with the big club, right? Yeah, like we're not I going towards good idea. that, right? To the castle, quick! Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys all begin running to the castle together. Lena, nowhere to be found. You make it up the castle steps into the main hall. He runs into a room, is brought a chest by another dwarf, comes back, puts the wooden chest on the ground, opens it up, and he produces two stone keys, about as long as a human forearm. And he says, 
I never thought I would have to use these defenses. Now, I need everybody to listen quick. I have a plan, a plan that I never thought I would have to put into action, and it requires all of you. You all have a job. There are two towers with monstrances deep under the city, and we need to activate them. He immediately hands a key to you, Velvet, and it's almost half as long as you, but weighing about 15 pounds. <laughs> oh, yeah, Velvet definitely drops a little bit to the ground. Oh, okay. Didn't account for the weight there. Ooh. And he hands the other key to you, Sai. Okay. And you can hold it normally. Yeah. <laughs> he says... And he begins to give you guys directions. He says, in these two places in the city, you'll see these pedestals with keyholes. I need each of you to run to them and activate them immediately. He turns to you, Bree, and he says, you, I need you to come with me back to the room where you saved me from Sol Katesh's influence, back to the golden monstrance. I need your radiant power. I need your religious strength. Okay. Okay. Um, wait a minute. Where's Lena? Oh my God! I, I, yeah, I know. where is she? I, I, I we need her. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a, a bit tipsy here. Uh, and, You're and, a bit. He walks up to you, Sai, and he straight up smacks you across the face. <laughs> and he says, oh, "Wake up, man!" Thanks, I needed that. Ultimate Sai. focus. Sai, here's focus. some here, here's some hair of the dog, Sai. He hands oh. Sai a little bit of his maple liquor, just in case oh. you need to clear it. Oh my god, <laughs> the king grabs the bottle and oh whips god. it across the hall and it smashes oh! on the wall. <laughs> and he says, do you want to die? Oh my god, okay, fine, turn the key in the hole. I do that for a living. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, well, we, we gotta find Lena. We need her. There's no time. I need you to go to your stations immediately. Lena can take care of herself, Sai. We need to do our thing. You and I need to go. Um, he, okay, he okay, okay. grabs, like, and... Sai's robes, and um, I feel like he looks at the king and he goes, Your Majesty, do you need anything else from us? Here's what's going to happen. When you turn those keys, towers will erupt from underground, built from with deep within old, well, deep from within old Ildchester. Bree, you're going to come with me, and you're going to use your connection with the gods to activate that monstrance, to activate the other two monstrances, and we're going to create a force field of magical energy that will protect us from that demon for now. Do you understand? That's neat. Got it. Yeah. All right. And like Hara pipes up and says, "I have a plan as well." Ooh. Oh, she class. turns to you, Velvet, and she says, Velvet, I'm going to need the gauntlet, though. But, oh. uh, but, uh, <laughs> Listen, if these towers don't work, we're going to need all the strength we can, and I think we should use the dragon. Okay. Velvet, oh. he, he turns around and you see that he had the gauntlet kind of hooked up, like looking like it was strumming his lair on his back. And he <laughs> takes it off and, and hands it to her. It's missing one sapphire, I believe, that he gave to Bree. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. he passes it to, to Lagara. She takes it. Don't scratch it, says, please. Please, I, I, I want it back. Do you all trust me? I want to take control of that dragon and wanted to use it against this thing. I mean, I'll be underground, so hey, you do what you want with flying, fire breathing monsters. That's cool. Of course we trust you. Yes, right. yes, we trust you. Uh, yeah, well, you. that too. <laughs> she turns to you, and she says, Giriad, I need you to come with me. I'm going to work on this thing so that Sol Katesh can't make it through the connection, but I'm going to need some time. Can you buy that for me? He cocks an eyebrow, and he just nods. And last, she turns to you, Sai, and she says, I am going to need one of those kyber shards. I promise you will get it back. Sai, you did say that you trusted her. I, I think it's our, it's our only option. All right. I did, but uh, as soon as we're done, you give it back. Give it right back, okay? Yes, of course. As soon as we're done. Okay. So, um, I'm going to cast my uh, Lehman's secret chest and 
take out the Kuiper shard and give it to her. Okay, amazing. And it glows. What color do you want to give her? Um, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> give the, the red one because it was uh, attached to the dragon before. Yes, cool. okay, red on. Perfect. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And she puts it in her pocket uh, cl close to her chest to keep it safe under her armor. She says, okay, Giri, come with me. I'm gonna f We're going to find somewhere safe where I can work on this thing for a bit. Let us go. I, 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 before I leave, I turn back. It's like, everyone, be careful and be on guard. Yes, you as well. Be safe. Be safe, everybody. Mm -hmm. Velvet runs up and gives Giri and Bree both a hug. He goes, just in case, because the, it seems like the, the possibility of dying is everly exponentially increasing. So, um, yeah. Oh, Velvet always optimist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's uh, go, baby. And he turns to Sai and uh, goes, all right. And let's uh, go. can I hop on Sai? Can you give me a piggyback, Sai? Are, are we going to the same place, though? <laughs> For some reason, I thought we were like headed in different directions. Yes. So um, the king explains two separate directions to okay. you. And if you were to look at it as a sort of uh, bird's eye view map of the city, it forms a perfect triangle mm. about um, half a kilometer outward from the castle monstrance. Okay. I'm going to okay. uh, redcon that. He pulls out a fluff because he has had a rest. <laughs> and uh, I presume yes. that it's, it's been quite late. So the day is new. Aha. Yes, all of you have had a uh, long rest before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Velvet pulls out his fluff and throws it down, and I have a brown bear. So you see a brown bear with that like oh. streak of white that matches Velvet's hair, Sweet. and he does a front flip and hops on and, and gives it a good yeah, and uh, starts going with the bear. That's sweet. <laughs> all right, Classic. the king turns to you, Breen, says, "Quickly up the stairs." Okay, and she'll follow him. Perfect. You guys make your way through the castle. Giriad and Lekara are going to make their way to a secluded place for her to work on the gauntlet. And Sai and Velvet, you begin making your way to the destinations that the king told you. So, uh, Bree, we're going to follow you with the king first. You guys are two-stepping it up the stairs, flush in the face, his heavy breathing as he's sprinting all the way up to the top where the monstrance is. You enter into that room, run up the stairs, and once again, you feel that warmth emanating from the monstrance. And the king looks to you and says, Now listen, when they activate those towers, I'm going to need you to channel whatever connection you have to those gods, and I need you to channel that energy, energy to form that force field. Do you understand? Okay, yes. All right, now we sit tight. Sigh, you're running through the city. Dwarves are getting in arms. Leaders amongst the dwarves are get, are setting small groups into a larger army in control of their small groups. And you begin running toward this pedestal that he told you about. Now, as you're running, mm. there's a long stretch of main road leading up to the pedestal. And as you're sprinting, you can see an army of lords of dust almost equidistant in the dis uh, across down this road from the pedestal and you running toward you toward the center of the city toward that castle as you're sprinting is there anything you'd like to do before you get there to try to beat them there or and and how far away from from me are are they 160 feet okay i can't cast that one sorry i have to Make sure I have 
the right distance here. Sorry about that. Um, uh, why don't we switch to Velvet then just you. for a second while you think <laughs> about it. So Velvet, you're riding a brown bear. You're making really good time as this thing's going downstairs, taking it at least 12 steps at a time as it's bounding down with its super strong legs. And you make it very quickly to your pedestal and you see the same thing in the distance, an army of Lords of Dust. And you can actually spot, since they're a little closer on your side, some demons within their army running toward the castle, brandishing black weapons. Aww. Now you're at the pedestal. You see it's a very simple cylindrical stone structure just set in the middle of this uh circle that isn't too becoming in and of itself but you do see a keyhole straight in the top for you right so just to clarify every this isn't underground right no you're on the surface gotcha okay okay and, and the tower's gonna rise from there okay i see so he audibly gulps he slides off the bear he gives it a pat and uh he has the key has now replaced the gauntlet so he reaches from behind him and he grabs this heavy <laughs> key and um he, he is about to put it in but he decides that he wants to buy himself just a few seconds in case this thing needs charging up he's not entirely sure so i'm gonna cast fear mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I basically want to halt the army where it where it stands for a little bit of time. Oh, I love that. All right, so uh, what save do I need to make for all these guys? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a wisdom saving throw. Now, um, it's each creature each creature in a thirty foot cone, and I can send it thirty feet. So I'm basically gonna like send it, and when they get <laughs> close enough, I guess they have to roll it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So because they're all demons and evil, he's gonna uh, kind of pull out his leer while he puts the key down and he strums this, like, cord that is supposed to... He wants it to be, like, light but also powerful, and what ejects from it is this, like, fiery phoenix that he wants it to make it look like its wings of flame are spread out, basically protecting him and warding Sweet. him off. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and, uh, sorry, what's the spell save DC again? It is 16. 16, okay. So I'm gonna roll five times for this army. That's a nat 20, that's a 17. That's a nat 20. That's a fail. Wow. And oh my God. that is also a fail. Okay, so wow. some, so a, a good chunk of the human cultists that are running towards you, they see this giant fiery phoenix erupt into the air, flying 20 feet high, and they immediately lose their footing. You see some of them start to run back, shuffled almost like a crab walk as they lost their footing and fell to the ground. Now, some of the demons that are running, they're immune to being frightened. So specifically, you can see this dog-like creature with these red eyes, and you can see its rib cage through its white, tattered fur, glowing with this yellow energy. There are these gray and red blood-dripping spikes on its back, and it has this, this, the tail of a scorpion erupting from its tailbone. It does not get affected whatsoever and continues sprinting toward you, and then some of the other cultists also make it as well. Oh, God damn it. So, Velvet, um... Uh, okay, yeah, so he's got no choice. He's gonna shove the key in the hole and command his bear, um, hey, Ursa, come here! And I'm gonna have the bear, like, kick the key so it, like, turns, because it's probably too heavy for Velvet. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, you stick this 15-pound stone key in. The bear gets on its hind legs and smacks it while it's standing on its two back legs, and the key poof, turns with an assertive chunk of rock. Now, Sai, you're running toward this army. You're both keeping a pace. What would you like to do to get there? Okay, so I'm going to um, polymorph. Um, I'm going to use my special shape changer abilities. I'm going to turn into an oh, eagle nice. so I can get there faster. <laughs> yeah, okay. Woof. And a giant eagle, I presume, right? Uh, Sure, yeah. 
yeah, giant eagle. Actually, it's pretty fast but regular, but giant eagle works, yes. <laughs> a little right. more intimidating. <laughs> so, Sai, you're running. As your feet begin to turn into talons, your arms extend doubly as long out of your body, and fur immediately erupts, and the beak erupts from your face, and you turn into this eagle, and you soar, zooming through the air, making it to this stone pedestal, and the army is about 50 feet away, still running towards you. All right, so I go back to Sai, and I put the key in, turn it, and what happens? So, as Sai, yeah, you turn the key, Velvet, you turn the key pretty much at the same time, we'll say. And immediately, both of you begin feeling this rumbling, these earthly tremors beneath your feet, and the stone beneath you starts to spin. It starts to spin slowly, and you're turned away from the demons as it begins to spin counterclockwise. And then... There's a huge explosion of grinding rock and stone as the tower beneath your feet, this circle begins to erupt from the ground and starts shooting into the air, still spinning. You're almost pushed to the ground with the momentum and the speed of which these towers are thrusting into the air. And you see the the central pedestal break away and the circle opens up and a golden monstrance, much akin to the one you saw, Velvet, in in the castle, rise from the center of this stone circle and you rise about 150 feet into the air and you guys are now standing on a flat circle of stone with a monstrous in the center and you see that a staircase wraps around the tower going down the side of it all the way down to the bottom oh of course it is (laughs) and it's even chilly up here with how high you guys went and what about my the army that's coming towards me are they um like could Uh, they go up the stairs I'll get to that in just a sec. So, Bree, you and the king are standing there and you see these towers erupt and these monstrances, exactly like the one you're standing next to, are on top. And you feel this pulsating energy from the monstrance even a little stronger than before. And the king says, whatever you gotta do, do it now. Okay. Um, So Bree's been um, focusing on her magic and preparing the spell as they've been, we're running up the stairs. And she wants to try to use planar, planar ally. Ooh, okay, so what'll that do? <laughs> okay, so um, what it does is, it, like she started preparing this because it takes 10 minutes to cast, so um, figure while they're running up the stairs. But what it does is you beseech an otherworldly entity for aid and it, they must be known to you, a god, a primordial demon prince. So she's gonna contact Mistra mm-hmm. and that entity sends a celestial and elemental or a fiend loyal to it to aid you, um, making the creature appear in an occupied space within range. Um, when it appears, you can ask the creature to perform a service in exchange for payment, but it isn't obliged to do so. Oh, in exchange for payment, eh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you, how would you like to cast this? She's going to put her hand on the monstrance and uh, her other hand on her necklace. And she's going to start focusing and chanting and call forth um, for Mistress' help. So as all this is happening, it's almost as if the sounds of the battle, of the... uh... This, the towers rising, the sounds of the city getting ready for battle fade into the background as you enter a place of peace and tranquility and silence for a moment, trying to contact Mistra, and you hear her voice echo through the abyss from above, calling, My child, what is it you wish? I would like to thank you for all your assistance, and we're in need of, of your assistance again. 
we need help to create a connection between these uh, sacred monstrances so that we can defeat this demon that's going to attack the town. I may oblige to help, but the cost is great. What, what is it? Hmm, what is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Your AC goes down to seven. <laughs> you may never be able to contact me again. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my wow. God. I don't know, man. That's, uh, I, I'm gonna stay you hear Garion in your head. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> While my power will flow through you, you may not be able to call upon my aid upon this mortal world. Is this what you wish? If it will save all these people, then yes. You are good and true of heart. May your wish be granted. Thank you. I will always be here, Bree, in silence. Never lose faith. And you feel energy radiate from above through you, channeling through you as if you're this conductor for radiant energy. You can't see this because you're focusing on your ritual, but the king begins to take steps back as the monstrance begins to glow with this radiant green energy, nearly blinding as he falls to his ass and holds his <laughs> arms in front of his face. And you're standing there, your black silhouette uh, casting your shadow in this room. And all the light gets sucked into the center of this monstrance and light blasts from the center of this monstrance to each monstrance. And Cyan Velvet, you guys are, you guys see this laser of green energy approaching you at lightning speed and hit dead center into the middle of your monstrances on each tower. And they begin to glow with this awesome radiant energy. And just when it gets so bright that you can't even see, you feel a wave of energy wash over you, washing over the city, over all of the people of Ildichester. And when all of you open your eyes, you see a force field created, but it is in the shape of a giant turtle. Its shell and it's the outer perimeter of its body <laughs> connected with each monstrance as its shell provides this force field around the city. And it stands there silent, uh, and it stands there silent, statically and stoically. Oh. Wow. Protective turtle. I love yeah. it. Now, the interesting thing, um, those on the tower, you see that the perimeter of the turtle's body, mm -hmm. half of the tower you're standing on, this circle stone platform, mm -hmm. is within the force field. Oh, and half is on the other side, <laughs> since it just meets that monstrance. Okay. For both okay. of you. Okay. Now. For a moment, there's quiet as the whole city stares at this giant green turtle that's uh, translucent and sitting on top of the entire city. But then each of you on the tower, you start to hear yells, the clanging of metal from below, and you realize that on both your sides, some of the army made it through. You look back to the giant red demon that is now making its way through the wall, slowly taking giant steps, crushing buildings along the way, dragging its club, creating a, a giant trench through the city. And it, it brings its club up in the air, 
tries to strike this turtle, and in slow motion, the club is brought down, and when it makes contact, you all feel a shudder as the turtle shakes and reverberates, but his club is repelled from the turtle, and it's brought all the way back, and he slams it back into the ground, almost carried by the momentum uh, to falling prone. And he just stares with this immense demonic hatred from these 30-foot radius eyeballs that are pure red, staring at you, Sai, and Velvet, because he can see you the clearest. Let me just say, that's right, you don't take on the turtle. Mm. Fuck you! (laughs) But... Turtle power. Turtle power. Galvan, yeah. dude. Yeah. And it wears a purple. It's Donatello. No, no. Um, <laughs> now, you guys hear the sounds of war from the parts of the army that got through get louder and louder. And each of you look over the side and you see making their way up each other's stairways are some cultists hmm. and a strain and a demonic being, each different on each side. Hmm. And how many? And, uh, you see three cultists making their way up, but each of the demons that are making their way up are much faster than the cultists, bounding up these stairs, making their way towards you on either side. You have about 30 seconds before they make it up on top of your platform. Is there anything both of you would like to do? I cast grease on the stairs. Grease on the stairs? Nice. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing? I know that. Yeah, grease. So, uh, read out grease for me, Sai. How's that going to work? Okay, so slick grease covers the ground in a 10-foot square uh, centered on a point within range, and it turns to difficult terrain for the duration. So, um, all the creatures have to make a dexterity saving throw um, against my uh, 17, and, or they fall prone. Okay, so the demonic thing uh, stops for a moment, starts walking slowly, does pass. One of the cultists passes... Oh my god, another crit from another cultist. And then the third one, you see the last one, feeling a little too confident from seeing his companions make it up so easily, (laughs) takes one step, slips, 180s, falls on his back, his back gets covered in grease, he slides down the stairs, but slides straight. So he slides off the stairs and plummets 60 feet to his death. Oh Oh my god. Does he have like like, goofy sound when he falls? Like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Like the Wilhelm scream? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Whatever. <laughs> oh man! Absolutely, okay. I'll insert it in post. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that made it through, as you're standing on your platform, you see this demonic creature bound and leap onto the platform, standing about thirty feet away from you. Now, this thing is called a howler. Hmm. It stares at you with these beady red eyes protruding out of its puggish-like face. You see its snout is pushed up into its face and it has this elongated mouth with these short, sharp teeth. Its throat, as its mouth is open, seems to extend like a pelican, as there's this there's this big red po- veiny pouch that hangs from its chin and its neck. And it looks much like a dog with these long hairs sticking out of its spine, looking like slimy tentacles. Mm. Now, Velvet. What would you like to do? Okay. Back to you. So, here's what I want to do. All right, all right. <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, I want to do two things. Do How much time do I have, Avery? Because if not, I'll just do one. Uh, let, let's just see what you want to do, and uh, we'll play yeah. it by ear. Okay, okay, cool. So I have one more bottle of liquor that I haven't used yet. 
Um, and what I would like to do is like put it, uh, rip off a part of my clothing and shove it in the liquor, put some uh, coins underneath and use my heat metal spell to catch the uh, clothing piece on fire and turn it into a little bit of a bomb, like a homemade bomb that's going to go off. <laughs> like a um, Molotov. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he basically wants to turn oh it into God. a standing Molotov. So I, 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 he, he's just going to kind of like rip it off, do that, stuff it in, hopefully buys him about like 10, 15 seconds before it explodes. Um, do you want me to roll for that? Uh, I'll just say you constructed. That's totally cool. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, then he's going to get on the bear, and you said this tower is about 60 feet, correct? Uh, in uh, diameter? Uh, in height. How much is it in height? Uh, 150. Oh, dear. Hmm. Um, no, actually, I think I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Sorry, I just got to go over to my door. Yeah, okay. It's great. I, yeah, it's anywhere I can see. So I'm going to hop on my bear, and I'm going to cast Dimension Door. Okay. Um, and we're basically going to step through it. Uh, uh, I'm going to cast it as another level so I can bring... You can bring um, along objects... Uh, as their weight doesn't exceed, you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature, your size or smaller, who isn't. Ca- oh, the creature. Okay, so the creature can't come through. I guess. I, I guess yeah. As written, no, the bear wouldn't be able to squeeze okay. through your dimension door. So I'm door. gonna open up the dimension door and look back at the bear, and I'm gonna say, "Give him a hell, buddy. I'll see you in a day, probably." <gasps> but, the bear. Uh, Daddy's got some work to do. The the bear. Um, gingerly nods, closing its eyes, and it growls its teeth and turns its body to face where the stairs meet the platform, ready to take on that scorpion dog that's bounding up the stairs towards you. Just make sure he gets as close to the to the uh, alcohol as possible, buddy. I'll see you soon. And without taking his eyes off him, Velvet falls backwards into the dimension door off the tower, right through it, and that's going to land him right at the base of the tower. Okay, right on. So... I'm going to get back to that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lena, we're going to go back in time just a little bit. The wall has just collapsed. Darian was engulfed in the smoke. And immediately you hear Rakhtal Kesh's voice in the back of your brain start to speak to you. He issues you the command. Hide. Okay. She's like shaking her head and trying to register what just happened. And uh, what does she see? I'm assuming she just goes wherever she can find something. There's some crevices in the giant wall next to you. There's also a house to your right. Um, You could hide in either. She's going to go to the crevices and she's going to take her cloak and spin it around and cover her body with it. Like, I assume the crevice is dark, so hopefully she seems unseen. Yeah, especially since it's the middle of the night. So you do so. You run, and uh, just as soon as you make it to your hiding spot in the wall, Rag Tokesh says, Stay. And in the darkness, after after the smoke from the rubble begins to lift, you see an army of the Lords of Dust, humans and demons, running through that hole, pouring out into the city and directly running for the castle, not even looking in your direction. They see their goal up ahead, the castle. And then all of them pass through, and then the demon walks through as well, and then you're left alone at the wall. She, she, now, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say she would wait until they pass, and then she would um, start to sneak back out and see if she can see Darian anywhere. So you begin looking, and roll perception for me. Oh, gosh, with my rolls. Steph, channel your luck for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a, oh, oh, that's an 18. That's not bad. Yes. 
It worked. Thanks, Jeff. So un- <laughs> under some rubble, you see only his hand sticking straight out in the air, his wrist limp, and his fingers splayed as he's covered under uh, some sizable rubble from the wall. That's the only part of him you can see. Lena just stares at it, feeling this horrible guilt at that he followed her, and um, she's going to... Can she enter a rage and try to, like, lift some of the rubble off of him? She just feels so bad, so she's going to start to get angry. Yeah, you start to get angry, and you go to rage, and you feel a wall. Mm. An internal wall. As Rack speaks to you again, and what says... What are you doing? No. What? Leave him. But, uh, <gasps> where? Why? There's a shard nearby. Her heart sinks, <gasps> and, um... She thinks, and she doesn't react as quickly to Rack's commands for the first time and she um, presses her earring and she says, um, can anyone hear me? She says to the group. So let's say at this point, uh, her message has come to you guys as you guys are making your way to your stations. I say, uh, can anyone hear me? I say, um, guys, you, I'm sure you've noticed the giant demon in the Southwest or whatever direction she's in. And the wall fell down, and, and Darian's hurt. He's under some rubble, and, and I, I don't have any way to help him. And Rack I am. cuts off the earring. It's almost <gasps> like this high frequency in your ear. <gasps> and oh you've collapsed to your knees. Silence. <sighs> Retrieve the shard. She grits her teeth, but sadly gives in, looking at Darian's one hand one more time and says, Where is it? Walk through the hole in the wall. Uh, she gives Darian one last look and says, I'm sorry you followed me. And then just starts walking. <laughs> and others did not receive a message at all. Radio silence from Lena this entire time. Oh, it never went through. Oh my God. You walk through the giant hole in the giant wall climbing over the rubble pile and you land on the wall outside of Ildichester in this barren wasteland. You see there are these, um, these, what, what's an outdoor stalactite called? What, what are those things called? Those like shelves of, um, hmm, these outdoor stalactites. <laughs> Far in the distance, this crimson red beyond that, uh, the Winterland of Crystalfall, but you see just outside of the wall, there's been built a camp, a large camp housing the Lords of Dust as they planned their attack for this night. Mm. And nobody's around. You begin walking through the series of tents and walking along the pushed down muddy grass from the many footsteps of the Lords of Dust over the few days that have passed. And you feel this internal compass, this draw in your head as Rack leads you through the camp. It gets itchier and itchier and stronger and stronger until you can sense in this one large tent, that's your destination. But across the way, you see that there are hellhounds patrolling the outside of the tent, lava dripping from their mouths, much like you saw in the tomb of the champion. Have they noticed? They they haven't noticed her yet, eh? No, they haven't. She stops walking and in a bit of a defiant way, she says, you said you would protect my friends. They are protected by other means. 
and you see a giant brilliant flash of green behind you. You turn around and you see uh, through the crack in the wall, which is some distance away now, a giant green emerald turtle <laughs> around the castle. And Rax says, with disgust in his voice as he says it, Mistral watch, watches over them. Lena feels a slight hope for Darian and the others because she's worried about her friends, but she feels a little bit better and turns back to the hellhounds and she's going to... Is there some kind of like rock nearby or something she can pick up? She basically wants to whip something in a different direction to distract the hellhounds and make them run and then make a run for the tent. There is definitely rubble slash rock around that you could use, yeah. Okay, so she takes it and whips it in the farthest direction away from the tent, um, using all of her strength to throw it as far so they have to like run far and investigate it. Okay, I want you to roll athletics for me. <laughs> My best dad. <laughs> uh, that is a 31. <laughs> Holy shit. You whip this thing so hard that it literally creates, you can't see it from here, a crater where it lands. <laughs> Beautiful. And a uh, quite a sizable noise. Now, I'm going to roll some wisdom saving throws for these things to see if they'll follow it or not. Wisdom. Not great. Okay, let's see. Uh, that's a... Th nope. Nope. No. No. F okay, that's a nat 20 again. So <gasps> oh all of them except oh one. They, they run off in the direction, except one stays. And it just continues walking around in its path, and... Rack pipes up and he says, Approach. What? Approach. Okay, okay, okay. And she starts approaching. So you begin to walk, and the hellhound sees you immediately as you step into this open, and it looks at you, snarls, lava falling from its mouth. It begins running at you. She goes to grab her axe. You grab your axe, but then Rack says, Let me out for a moment as it's bounding at you. She thinks quickly of the guy banging his head against the bars who was possessed by Rack's sister and hesitates, but then quickly gives in. She knows she has no choice. Yeah, yeah, as you're, as you're thinking, he, he kind of gives like a no. Okay, okay. And you, you give in and your eyes turn black, your hair turns dark, the veins come out. And with Rack's voice, he speaks through you to this dog. You have cheers in me. And the hellhound immediately stops and sits. Hmm. He recedes oh. back and he says, Continue. She just keeps walking, shocked, and her eyes still on this hellhound. You know Abyssal, right, Alina? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Alina? Yep. So he took over and he spoke in Abyssal to this thing, using his presence as a demon overlord. Stop and sit. He simply said, stop and sit for your overlord. And it recognized Rack mm. as him and immediately Damn. obeyed. That's sweet. <laughs> so you finally enter into this tent and the itch in your head is all over your cranium everywhere. It's like, it's like you have lice in every part of your hair that's biting into your skin all at once. And across <laughs> the way at the back of this tent, you see it, a chest. A demonic looking chest, a black chest with these dark weapons s protruding out of the wood of the chest on the outside, much like the weapons you see thrust through your demonic spirits. Yeah. Approach. 
I think Lena, she almost feels the urge as much as Rack coursing through her body, so she's pretty excited now, too. You approach it, and coming within proximity of this this fiendish chest and the energy it radiates out, you can sense there's abyssal dark energy radiating from this chest as if it is its protection, but it does not affect you at all as hmm. Rack stands there basically receiving it himself. He asks you to take over one more time. And she lets him. She she wants this now as much as he does. So he comes through. You turn to your other self once again. And he speaks once more. And all the weapons in this chest immediately begin grinding as they slowly turn in circles as if the weapons are keys themselves. And you hear the screeching of these weapons grinding through the wood almost sounds like screams of pain. Mm. And then the weapons all sink into the chest to their hilts, and the chest pops open. And you see, sitting in the chest at the bottom, is a kyber shard, a dark, deep purple one. Rack comes back and you can see he's actually a bit strained as he's channeling himself so much in these moments and he says that shard is our key we only need one Lena yes I've been preparing you making you stronger turning you into my champion a champion worthy of being a vessel with the scroll in your stomach power of one shard we can transfer my being from the shards into your body <laughs> trapped still but not completely contained like the shards released from their magic do you accept this task she, I feel like she's shocked, but at the same time, she kind of knew this was coming, and she says, What does this mean? Am I going to turn to that poor guy that I killed that was possessed by your sister? I don't want that. No, 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 no. I am still bound. I am still trapped within a vessel, and that vessel is you. You will retain your human form, but our connection will be stronger, more intimate, and my freedom closer, just under your flesh. You mean there's a way you can finally get out of me and I can just be me? We will be separate, finally. I hear your thoughts, I know you fear me now. Your friends have infiltrated your mind. You can be released to me forever, live your own life. Have your freedom. Define who Lena is. And you still want to help, right? My goal is to take down my sister. Um... Lena thinks back through her life and all the times he's been with her and all the times she's wasted and knows 
this is the only way forward. She, so she takes a deep breath and she tries to push all the doubts from her friends, from her mind, and she just nods and says, okay. You reach down and pick up the shard, knowing you need the scroll oh, that's yeah. in your stomach. <laughs> you, you pull a dagger from your sheath. And as you're standing there with the shard in one hand and the dagger in the other, a really weak voice is heard in the room behind you in a dark corner. What? L- Lena? You turn around and you see Verna. What? Oh, oh my shit. god. Oh my god. Strung up from her wrists, <gasps> merely wearing her undergarments, beaten, slashed, whipped, her face bruised oh. and bloodied and swollen. Oh my god. She looks to you with her one eye that is able to open, squinting, oh. and says, Now what do you plan to do with that? D&D Legend of the Silver Flame will be right back after a brief message from our sponsors. If you're enjoying our epic adventure, be sure to check out our social media pages at the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast. As well, spread word about us to your family and friends so they can adventure with us too. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town are your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And we're going to switch oh to Velvet and Oh my god. Oh my god. You're curly. Nicely so, done, Avery. <laughs> so, at this point, Bree, you're casting the magic through the monstrance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say um, you know that you need to continually cast this ritual, this protection. Okay. It's not something you can walk away from because it's so powerful. But because you are connected to the monstrances, something cool Mistra is going to allow you to do with this connection is to help your companions. Mm. So as your companions, as Sai is holding down the monstrance, as Velvet is going to do his thing, You'll have the ability to cast spells through the monstrances to aid your companions Ooh. in their battles or okay. their goals. Nice. Now I want to start with Sai. Sai, you're staring down a howler and two other cultists run up onto this platform. I need you to roll initiative okay. for you. <laughs> All right, so that is a nine. <laughs> nine, okay. So first is going to be the Howler. As it's standing there, it begins to walk around the circumference of this tower. It immediately is going to use its mind-breaking howl. So its mouth extends, its bulbous neck expands, and it lets out this and it lets out this mind-breaking howl. As I need you to make a Wisdom saving throw for me. Right. That is a uh, yeah. That's twenty-seven. 
So God. this thing tries to frighten you and incapacitate you with this ear-piecing howl, but you stand there defiantly and it has no effect on you whatsoever with your fortified mind. Too, too many concerts. Sides <laughs> <laughs> lived it up too right. much. And that's its turn. So one of the cultists, he's going to go and run in and he's going to go to take an attack with his scimitar Ooh. on you. And he rolls a... Does a 16 hit? Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so he immediately runs up to you and he slashes at you doing three slashing damage. That's going to end his turn. As you get slashed, Sai, it's your turn. What would you like to do? Okay, so um, where is everybody uh, in this? Like, are, are they clustered together or are they sort of separate from each other? So the howler, the howler took the circumference of the platform, which is 60 feet in diameter. It's to your right, right on the edge, so it's 30 feet away. One cultist ran up to you, so he's right in front of your face. The other cultist is still the stairs, straight ahead, 30 feet away. Okay. Um, is there any... Um, do they have, still have grease on them? Yeah, they do. Uh, on their feet. On their feet. Okay. So... But, okay, so the howler is... Oh, is six is like 30, 30 feet, feet away to right. from me? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Um, actually, okay. Let me also ask, um, one of the things that I was thinking of doing is protecting myself uh, by going into the resilient sphere, but I want to see how that would work with the monstrance. Would, like if I enclose myself and the monstrance in the resilient, resilient sphere, would that work? And would that prevent, like, would that um, interrupt the, the force field? Yeah. What's the largest size your your resilient sphere can go? Large, uh, large creature. <laughs> It'll be a tight squeeze, but yeah, you could fit it. Just Yeah. And that barely. wouldn't affect the, um, or, or do I know if it would affect the? You don't know. Okay, what you know I... about the resilient sphere is that it keeps anything and everything out of its sphere. Yeah, okay. I just didn't know if I would know anything about um, force field, so I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. Okay, so what I'm going to do... Um, hmm. I'm going to... Um, uh, if you don't choose soon, I'm going to lose your turn to indecision and take the dodge action. Yep, I know. Um, okay, I'm just going to do a... Um, I'm going to do a thunder wave and try to hit as many... Uh, if, I'm gonna, if I can hit both of those... Um, uh, both of the, the uh, cultists. It's 15-foot radius, right? Uh, yeah, is that too far away for the second one? You'd have to get in the middle of them, but that would open an opportunity attack for the one right on you. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'm going to try to... to push these two away from me and then I'll be getting away from the other guy as well. Uh. Okay. So he, as you begin to run, weighing your options, you decide, no, I got to go for this. He takes his slash at you with the scimitar and just misses the end of your heel as he didn't expect uh, a man of your age to move so quickly. You get into the middle of them and they need to roll, uh, what is it, deck saves? They, uh, no, constitution. Uh, hold on, Con let me just make sure. Yeah, constitution, constitution saving throw. Oh, that's worse. They both fail. Yes! Okay. All right, so what happens now? <laughs> All right, they get damage. And so I was going to use this as a second level. So I'm going to, um, that's going to be, do I, do I need to roll it for both, for two for both? Because it's 12 thunder damage to one. It's one move. We'll just do 12 for okay. both. 12 for each. Okay, good. And then they get moved, I think it's 10 feet away. Yeah, push 10 feet away from me. 
Okay, so you blast them both with this thunder wave. The one that was standing on the edge of the platform goes flying off the platform, and you see him arc and just fall to the to the ground way below out of sight. The other one, you blast him with a thunder wave. His body skids past the Montrance, and he's lying limp on the ground, unconscious from the damage of that. So it's just you and this howler left. Hmm. Okay. Right after you release this thunder wave, do you want to take any uh, other movement or just stay where you are? No, I'm going to just turn to the other guy and go, all right, what about you, ugly? Oh, as you say that, the howler bolts at you and he's going to make two rending bite attacks. So a 13 and a 12, those both miss, don't they? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So how do you describe Sai moving out of the way these launching attacks as it tries to bite you? Um, he kind of does one of those, like, uh, like, um, matrix bends, sort of like, (laughs) and it jumps over you. (laughs) All right, Sai, you're back up. This thing is standing about 10 feet away from you as it missed you with its leap. What do you want to do? Um, okay. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to use, uh, is it, is it close to the unconscious person cultist? Yeah, sure. Okay, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a pass wall through the stone, and I'm basically going to create a 20-foot deep hole in the tower huh. so that they both try to both fall through, because it can extend... Is Are they within, like, eight feet of each other? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to just create a hole and just send them down 20 feet into the tower. Okay, so you turn around, you put your hands down, and immediately the the ground underneath, the rocks fall away, and they fall into a 20-foot hole. Um, That's, uh, you know what, I'm going to make the Howler make a dexterity saving throw, and I'm going to make it against your spell save DC. Okay. To see if he avoids this. 17. Nope, that's a two. It completely failed. (laughs) So it tries with its claws to latch onto the side of this hole, but it doesn't manage to get a grip and it falls down. Uh, So now what happens? Um, Well, I'm just going to monitor it. (laughs) Make (laughs) sure they're not crawling out. So this thing's Um, like five feet wide and eight feet, uh, five by eight by 20 feet deep. Okay. And how long does it last here? Let's see. It's pretty long, I think think uh, duration one hour. one hour it does not require concentration so it just stays there that's yep. that's about it okay yep. this thing's st- <laughs> this thing's stuck in a hole in the ground which is the perfect time to segue to velvet so velvet you dimension door onto the ground at this point yeah you are surrounded by dwarves many cultists and a couple demonic beings in mid-battle around this tower trying to hold them back As you hit the ground, you see an explosion from way up top from your makeshift, your makeshift Molotov that you made. And it's a pretty fiery explosion. I think it did even better than you thought it might have as uh, it encompasses most of the of the platform atop. But you don't feel your connection with your bear go away. You can sense that it's still Yay! You go, Orson. Keep on fighting for daddy. Oh, this is awesome. And then he then he looks down and he goes, oh, fuck. And seeing that everyone else is still fighting, like, I feel like he, he thought he got away from it for a second, and he most definitely didn't. Um, so I'm obviously on the safe... I'm on the inside of the force field or the outside right now, Avery? Inside. I'm on the inside. Wonderful. So with that... I'm gonna reach into my earpiece or the the 
earring and go, all right, team, uh, the sconces are on or whatever we're looking at here. Everything's good. Um, is there anything else I could do? Because I kind of don't want to just join the infantry, if you know what I mean. In that moment, Velvet, as you ask that question, I need you to roll some attacks for your bear as it's fighting back the <laughs> Shasuva demon that is up there. Yay. Okay. This bear is going to do its bear thing. And its bear thing is going to be... I guess it's going to do just uh, bite. We'll do a melee attack. All right. Now, your explosion brought this thing down to half health. Yeah. So it's, it's bloodied from your Molotov. That is 24 to hit. That'll hit. Roll some damage. Hell yes. And that is 11 damage. <laughs> okay. So this thing takes another 11 damage as your bear reels up on its hind legs. You, uh, you can't see it, but you can feel the energy of this happening and bites straight into this thing. And it lets you hear the screeches and roars from up top. Now the Shasuva is going to use its tail stinger attack against your bear. And a 19 will hit. And your bear takes 12 piercing damage. Okay. And can your bear make a constitution saving throw for me? Yes. Uh, nat 20. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. So it attempts to paralyze your bear and it doesn't work as it sinks that in. So with one round down, you could say your bear is actually managing to hold down the fort. Yes. In, in front of you, Velvet, though, you can see that the dwarves that are fighting back, half of them are drunk, the other half are injured from before. They're not doing too well in this area. And the Lords of Dust that made it through the wall are doing a pretty good job of making it through so far. Okay, so how many Lords of Dust do we... I'm not counting the demons. Um, is there a fair amount of foot infantry here? So because you cast some of them back with your fear spell, I'm going to say that only 12 made it through in this area. Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to cast Mass Suggestion and try to get all of them on our side. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I could pick up to 12 creatures, so I'm going to pick all of them. And Velvet yeah. kind of is thinking what to do, and he Holy goes, shit. why beat them when they can join you? And he pulls out his his lyre, and he starts playing, like, in the end of time. Yes! just some friends. We were trying to save the world. And some demon showed up and said, no, you can't. And Velvet said, fuck you. <laughs> and on that, he's going to string, and I want, like, this rainbow thing to, like, go out around me trying to convince them. Um, so, uh, I should probably look at what the fucking spell does here. <laughs> so, they have to do a wisdom saving throw, each target. On a failed save, it pursues the course of action you describe to the best of its ability. <laughs> Alright, what do I gotta beat? You have to beat 16. Alright, I'll roll 12 of these. I'll roll the full 12. That Let's see. Beautiful. Fail. Thank you. Crit. That was uh, inspired by Jack Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, yeah, as soon as he said, in the end of time, I was like, yes! <laughs> so these are straight rolls, because cultists aren't uh, wise, I don't think. Let me double check here. Yeah, no, straight roll. Uh, so first one failed, second one passed, third one passed with a 16. Sec fourth one passed with a 16. Fail. 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 Fail, <laughs> fail, fail. Oh, not one. <laughs> oh my god. And a pass. Fail. All okay. right, so you get eight out of twelve of these guys to completely follow your suggestion, which is to fall, which is to join the dwarven side, right? Yes, yes, to 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 join us. Yes. 
Okay, with your mass suggestion, the tides are turned, and it's pretty equal, if not in your favor now, as the number of cultists and dwarves uh, severely outnumber the number of cultists and the few demons that are on the other side. Uh, so you can see that in this area, they are doing pretty okay. Ooh, okay. Velvet, ooh, white wipes off the sweat. Um, do I still feel Ursa going at it? Yes, I need uh, Ursa to roll again for me to attack this <laughs> All right, Ursa, let's go! Uh, wait, my room's too dark. Okay, 16. That's, uh, that is 22 this time. Woohoo, roll some damage. And that's gonna be, oh, 12! The oh, highest shit. amount. Was that the max? Nice. Yeah. nice. Okay, so he's doing well. He uh, bites and slashes at this thing as they're neck and neck, but then you sense this panic as three other cultists come up onto the platform that were behind the Shisuva. Now, you're not sure what these cultists are doing, but as you look up, you can see that on your side at the top of the tower, the force field, the turtle begins to wince and the force field flashes a bit. Oh no. Oh dear, no. oh dear. Um, Velvet's... Okay, fuck it. Velvet's gonna like whistle really loud and try to get the, the attention of the dwarves and the... Um, and the cultists on his side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to pull out another fluff out of his pocket. He's going to have to get another trusty steed here. Because he's okay. going to have to do what he fucking hates doing. Okay, he rolls a... Um, okay, it's not super great. It's a giant boar, so it's not uh, it's not as commanding as a lion. But it's yeah, okay. Yeah. A giant boar, and he, he steps on it, and it's got the same haircut as him, too. And he, he, he pulls out his, his rapier, which he hardly uses, but he's just trying to use it for the effect. And yes, says, yes. friends, countrymen, dwarves of all kind, with me, defend the tower! And he's going to literally use his boar to, like, run up the stairs, leading a small force with him to just get him from behind holy shit okay so yeah <laughs> oh they follow your command i mean let's say in this moment they slay the last of the demons that were there they overrun them overpower them with the sheer numbers you created and they're all uh in pairs because that's as much room as they have running up the steps of this tower running as fast as they can to aid your bear who's actually holding down the floor yeah. um in this moment the shisuva goes to attack your bear as they're neck and neck it goes to bite it and it rolls a 15. Does that, does that hit your bear? A 15 will hit, yes. And your bear takes 22 more damage. Okay, it has one more hit point left. <gasps> oh my god. <gasps> okay, so have your bear attack back. Let's go. Yes. Okay, yes. Uh, it's going to go for, you know what? It's, uh, yeah, it's it's desperate. It's going to go for a bite. I feel like, can, can, can they probably hear us like charging up from the stairs? Um, you're not sure, but it's a, definitely a lot of noise going up. Okay, 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 that's, that's fair, that's fair. Um, okay, that is gonna be a 16. Uh, that, that hits. Yes, okay, <laughs> let's go! Uh, that's gonna be 10 damage. 10 damage. This thing's getting worse for wear, but it's not as bad as your bear. Now, Sai, as yes. you just put this thing in a hole and it's <laughs> jumping up as high as it can, trying to climb up the stone, but it's too smooth, you notice flashes coming from the other tower. Oh. Flashes of green, and it's like the force field has small holes punched in it for a moment. Oh, and no. the demon, the Malok, 
looks at that and begins slowly walking over to where the monstrance is suffering. What would you like to do? I am going to, oh, I can't, I can't use this, can I? Okay, I'm going to polymorph again and fly over. I can fly within the force field, or like it's, it's not blocking my way of, of uh, flying. No, it is not. Right? Okay, no, it's not. so I'm going to, why not? Let's be a giant eagle again. And, um, <laughs> and I'm going to polymorph into a giant eagle, and I'm going to go fly over there and try to see if I can figure out why it's, it's kind of phasing out. All right, so you fly your way over, and I'll say as the other events were happening that were just described with Velvet and bringing the people up, you make your way over, and you see that a brown bear is fighting this scorpion fiendish dog, and three cultists each are attacking the monstrance, and their attacks are the reason it's starting to get damaged, and you see that parts of it are scuffed, dented, uh, it's losing its uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so can I attack the um, the cultists? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, all right. Eagle makes two attacks. One with the beaks. Uh, one with one with its beak and one with its talons. So, okay. All right. So uh, do I need to roll for initiative or just go ahead and attack? Uh, let's do this attack now. Then I'll have you roll for initiative. Okay. So um, beak is twenty three. That'll hit. All right. And uh, Talon's also 23. So That'll hit. Um, okay. So then it's all right. This is the first time attacking. No, that's okay. In, uh, in this moment, Velvet, I'll have oh. you roll initiative two for when you get up there. Oh, okay. okay. So the beak attack is nine damage. And okay. the Talon is seven damage. Right. So the one you attack with your beak, you pierce through it, and he lets out a yelp, and he falls to the ground. The one you slash with your talons, he's not down yet. There's still two cultists that remain. Okay. All right, and you want me to roll for initiative, right? Yes. That's 13 for Velvet. Thank you. Five, uh, no, yeah, five for Sai. No, six, six. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to do one more round of just the bear and the shisuva, and then we're going to start at the top of initiative. Oh, no! So, bear, make an attack for me, yes, buddy. Yes, the last stand! Come on, Ursa! Okay, that's another 24. Yeah, or else some damage. Hell yes! <laughs> and we got a 12 max damage! Holy shit! Okay, right on! So, he bites into this thing again in this last moment as the bear is clinging on to the shisuva's back with its jaw grip. The Shisuva goes to attack with its stinger and rolls a 17. And I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. The stinger uh, reels around in an arc in the sky and stabs right into your bear's back. And the bear lets out this grunt and you can hear the roar of your bear and you can almost feel the pain in your heart, Velvet, as you're running up of your bear as it takes its last breath and collapses to the ground. And so you see it puff into a uh, a small evaporation of glittery dust. And as, as the giant eagle, I go, and Velvet's yeah. yeah. <laughs> eyes are like Bear. blazing silver as he's running up. He's super pissed. <laughs> All right. So the Moloch at this point has taken a stance right on the outside of the force field looking at this thing. First up, Velvet, you finally reach the platform first on your boar. And you see two cultists at the monster inside flying in the air as a giant eagle and the shisuva just releasing its stinger from your bear to the right about 15 feet away what would you like to do oh okay so yeah he definitely is going for the uh shisuva he's gonna um can i have the boar attack first avery sure okay the boar's gonna use charge 
<laughs> so and he like literally like, with, with his army behind him charge <laughs> and he's just gonna <laughs> try to go for it so i'm gonna have the giant board do a charge you're gonna have to roll a strength saving throw Ooh, okay okay 13 strength? is what you have to be Okay, so he passed. Okay, cool. So you're still going to get hit, but you're not going to be knocked prone. Well, I, I think I can still roll to hit, but you're not going to be knocked prone. Because okay, it's, it's just good. a tusk attack. All right. So the tusk attack is going to be 17. Damn, 17 uh, to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. Cool. Okay. So that's going to be 6, uh, 8, and that will be 11 slashing damage. Okay. This, t- this thing taking more and more slashes and it's already slashed up body, the yellow light pouring out of its new wounds even stronger. It doesn't go down yet. It's not looking great, but it doesn't go down yet. That's okay. It's close to the edge, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about 15 feet away. 15 feet? Okay, let's roll with the dice. He's going to use Thunder Wave and try to knock it off the rest of the way. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Yeah, so Thunder Wave, you have to do a con saving throw. Ooh, this is its bread and butter. Let's oh, see. Oh, no. Oh, that's a 22. Oh, no. Okay, well, I cast it as a second level, so it's still going to take 2d8. Or no, okay. it'll, it'll take half of half of 3d8. All right, let's do it. So, so uh, half of 17, 8? Eight. 8. It's not looking great as you blast it with a thunder wave. Uh, it, it is. It kind of limps almost and loses its footing, but it still growls back at you, not allowing you to see its pain. Yeah, Velvet fucking hates every aspect of this fight, but he's like, you killed my bear. Now I have to kill you. <laughs> I will present your tail to my not so friend. I don't know if her friends or not. It's kind of she's got a demon. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I will give you her tail. <laughs> now, Velvet, uh, one question. Uh, are you more than five feet away from it after casting that? I-, I didn't get anywhere past the 15 feet that it was from. From you? OK. Yeah. Perfect. So it stands there, and as it's staring at you, all of a sudden it closes its mouth and looks to the Malak, and you don't understand what the hell's going on, but it looks to, into its eyes for a moment, looks at the monstrance. It's going to take its full movement, and it's going to multi-attack the monstrance. One bite and one tail stinger. Now the monstrance, uh, it's big. It just runs right up to it and deals some damage. First is 25. Then the tail stinger does another 18, so that's at 43. Oh. Oh no. Oh dear. Oh, no. And the monstrance is not down. It has 80 hit points with the cultist's attack attacks before. Um, this attack that it does, it creates a sizable hole within the force field and the Malak looks straight through it. Oh, and in this moment of opportunity, it's going to cast Flame Strike. A demonic flame strike. It casts it at the seventh level. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, is it um is it f- 60 feet away from me within 60 feet? It is now. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm going to cast counterspell. I have to do an ability check using my spell casting ability and so it's a 7th level so I have to beat a 17. Is that a my A 17? Uh yes. So DC equals oh, 10 shit. plus the spell's level. Oh god. Oh my god. Okay. Please work. Please be a big roll. <laughs> That, yes, that is, oh, it's it's nine, right? So that's a 26. Yes! 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 Okay. 
It doesn't work. It goes to cast, and this demonic fire erupts from the sky within the turtle and is about to smash it. But Sai, you look up and in your eagle form, whoosh your wings and you cast Counterspell and it holds back this flame strike, this invisible wall just above the monstrance. All of you on the platform can feel its heat. <laughs> And then it gets dispelled, and this fire it is it uh, expands outward away from the tower, exploding. Oh, this oh thing's pissed. And then, uh, and then the moment of opportunity, the thing closes back up. Now, after the Shasuva, Sai, you are Ooh. up. Oh my God! Okay, so uh, paint the picture for me. There's. This this scorpion thing that I can't yes. pronounce. Um, the, and there's the Shisuva, and there are two cultists all attacking the monstrance still, which is on its last legs. It looks like. Oh God. Okay. Um. No oh, crap. Um. Okay. I am going to create. I didn't want to use this, but I'm gonna create. Can I create a wall of force? Um. Around. That like basically blocking all of those creatures away from the monstrance. So kind of- What's the spell? Uh, it's it's called a wall of, wall of force. Um, okay, so a visible wall of, of force springs into existence at a point you choose within range. I can create the wall in any shape I want. Um, I basically want to kind of bisect the uh, platform and kind of push them away from the, um, for the, from the, uh, the monstrance thing. And it can be a, a wall up to 10 by 10, 10 by foot panels of force. Yeah, let's do it then. Yeah, I'm just going to block them away and they don't need to roll anything. It's just it creates this force. Sounds good. Okay. And instantly this wall of force uh, appears around the monster. It's almost connecting to the uh, force field of the turtle and they're instantly pushed away and they cannot they can't uh get to it they're banging out as much as they can but they're they're kind of stumped right now all right now next up after Sai, we have the cultists but in this moment your army appears from behind <laughs> <Yes>! you <laughs> and <laughs> and they overrun the entire thing. I mean, the, the, there's two cultists and a Shasuva left in this area. And they, they, uh, <laughs> they died. <laughs> they, they are so overrun as they get slashed to bits. So many attacks coming in and uh, this part is held down. Now, aside, now that you've cast another concentration spell, however, that little hole that you had going on in the other tower... Unfortunately, it, isn't there anymore. Oh no, it's, it's not, not, a no, it's not a concentration. That's right. Oh no, but that's right. I'm no good. longer a giant eagle. I'm I'm now. Oh, okay, that's, that's the, what that's it the is. Concentration Sai, spell. hello. Hey, good to see you. You give Sai like a a, a a hug. Like wow, we oh. kick ass. Hey buddy. Oh, um, good job. Avery, can I grab Ooh. my earring and go? Uh, Bree, Gyrian, how's it going, friends? <laughs> so let's go over to Gyrian now. So Gyrian. Zooming a little back in time, you and Lakara begin running through the city. Sh sh you're following behind her. She says, we should go to the forge. It should be empty, and it should be far away from the fray. Very well. She runs and runs and runs, and you guys finally reach a forge. Cold, its oven is cold, and there are chains hanging from the ceiling connected to various machinery used to create weapons and whatnot. And 
she kneels on the ground in the back and she pulls out the gauntlet. She pulls out the kyber shard and she begins to work on the gauntlet using her tools off her belt. Garriott, I should be honest with you as she's working on the, the gauntlet. I, I look over. Hmm? I was afraid the others wouldn't trust me if I told them this plan, but I'm not actually going to be taking control of the dragon. What? Oh, no. no. turns to her uh, completely is like, what do you mean? I've seen the destruction this demon is capable of before in Minver. It flattened the entire city, and this dragon isn't going to be nearly enough power to hold that thing back once it gets through the force field. And she looks up and she says, and I mean once it gets through. It's wonderful what was created, but I don't think it'll be enough. This thing is almost an overlord itself. My, my plan is to take it down in one false swoop. I want to harness the power of the Kyber Shard, and I want to blow this thing to bits. Hmm. Okay. When will this... When will this creature blow? How much time will we have? If your friends do their job and protect those monstrances, then we should have enough time for me to get this thing ready. How much time will you have? And then in that moment you hear a crash through the door. And this demon comes through that you have never seen the likes of before. We'll bring it. All right, Kyria's angry. Yeah, Kyria doesn't <laughs> care. He, he 1v1 me at LAN, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, what you see walk through is this 12 foot red demon with chains so tightly bound to its body, wrapped around its legs and arms that it's almost cut it, that it is cutting into the skin and blood drips from it. It has a bandage around its face of ch made of chains. And the only thing visible are its deep purple fiery eyes. It drags these two long black chains behind its body and whips them into the ground and the stone explodes on either side of it and it looks to you and lets out this gurgled muffled <laughs> staring you down and like Kara says I need more time you have to keep that thing away from me he uh takes up I, I just shoot it I'm just gonna start shooting it I don't even care <laughs> alright let's roll some right, initiative right. first <laughs> oh Avery beat 29 that's like the second best thing uh, I can do Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. So, yeah, you go to shoot it and <laughs> I'm going to use sharpshooter. Yeah. Sharpshooter? Okay. Oh, let me roll to hit it first. 23. That'll hit. 23 again. So, yes. Yes, that'll hit. Okay. <laughs> um I didn't mark it, so damn it. Oh well. <laughs> ah, next day. Ah, so that's 53. <laughs> 53. Oh so God. as you sink two arrows into its chest, it's going to take half of that. Mm. So that'll be 26. Okay. And uh, 26 damage. Okay. My, ne my next move is to run at it. That's it. I'm going to sprint at it and attempt to climb it. And attempt to climb it. So you close most of the distance between you and this thing. Now it's its turn. What it's going to do is animate chains. It looks around the room of the forge, seeing the chains of this machinery, and it animates three chains. Now, these chains suddenly sprout these razor-edged barbs, and they animate under its control. So each animate chain is an object you can hit. It has his points. And let's see here. Now that it has animated those chains, it's going to multi-attack. And now that it has five chains under its command, three that it conjured, that, that it animated, and two on its arms, it's going to make five attacks against you. Oh, God. Okay, I'm ready. 
So the first one's a crit. Nice. Uh, f- 15 will miss, right? What's your AC? 17, Avery. Thank you. Miss. Hit. Another crit. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. So well, two crits and one I'm ready. Hit. I'm ready for this juicy damage. <laughs> ready for this juicy <laughs> damage. I don't know. Num, num, num. So you're going to be taking 43 damage total from these chains. Sweet. Mm. All right. Now, as well, now that they've attacked you, I need you to make a... Uh, I'll have you choose either dex or strength. I'm definitely going to choose dex. Okay, make but... a dexterity saving throw for me five times. <laughs> okay, so the first one is 18. Okay, that'll pass. Next one's 23. That'll pass. Um, the next one is 29. That'll pass. <laughs> next one's 28. That'll pass. <laughs> next one's 18. That'll pass. Okay. Oh so God. all these chains, uh, uh, the ones that, the ones that uh, hit you, they. Sorry, you only had to make three. Only three hit you. That's my apologies. Oh, I got wrapped up in it. <laughs> three of them try to grapple you with their chains in the barbed wire, but you just whip them off you with some dwarven fervor, and you are back up. You're now 10 feet away from this thing. Okay, so I just and I go and I go to climb up it. Do you want to grapple it specifically, or? I do not want to grapple it, but my my climbing speed is equal <laughs> to my running speed. Okay, uh, yeah. So you you climb up. How do you want to climb up onto it? What do, what do you want to do? I'm going to like I'm just gonna jump up from arm to arm or whatever and go up on its back and like the back of its head and start shooting. <laughs> okay, roll roll some damage for me. All right. Um. Oh wait, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't rolled. I haven't hit. Or it yet. Uh, rolled a hit. Okay, yeah. Thank um, you. I'm going as a bonus action to mark it. Okay. Because I can do that. Um, so roll with sharpshooter Avery. Two attacks. Twenty-two. That'll hit. Nineteen. That'll hit. All right. So that is. Yep, that's correct. Okay, so that would be fifty-eight damage. Fifty-eight. Okay. Yes. So it's going to take twenty-four. No, not twenty-four. Twenty-six. Nice. There we go. All right, so you sink two more arrows as you're literally parkouring, tic-tacking off of his arms of this 12-foot demonic thing. Now that you're within close proximity of it, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me. Fuck yeah. Okay. Four. <laughs> that didn't go well Four. Okay. So uh, one of its reactions, unnerving mask. When a creature the devil can see starts within 30 feet of it, the devil can create the illusion that it looks like one of the creature's departed loved ones or bitter enemies. So as you're tic-tacking up it, you shoot, shoot, you look at it, and all of a sudden its face is Deirdre's. And it's, she's looking at you, and she's in pain that you just shot her, and now you are frightened of this thing, which means okay. you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of the fear is within line of sight, and you can't willingly move closer to the source of your fear. Okay. Damn. Okay. Now it's going to make five chain attacks. Okay. Miss, hit, hit, hit. 22, 20, 24, 27. So four hits. 39 damage. And I need you to make four uh, dexterity saving throws for me again. Okay. That's 29. Okay. That's, pl- that's like 19, though. Holy uh, smokes. Like ni- 19. Yep. 15. Oh, okay. So one of them actually fails. So now that you failed on one, that chain immediately grapples you, which means that you're also frightened of this and grappled. So your speed is zero, and that's it. Uh, you just can't move as you're frightened from this thing. Oh, uh, okay. And 
Now, Lakara calls out, she says, a little more time, I'm almost there. And as this happens, the door gets kicked open once again and two other cultists come into the room. They're like, what was that? And they run around and begin taking their movement toward Lakara. Oh, they're dead. Mm. They're dead. <laughs> uh, Gyrid, you are up. Uh, please make another wisdom saving throw to get over the unnerving mask. Okay. Okay, that one is a 17. That passes. So okay. Deirdre's face, when you were once frightened, goes away. And it is this fiendish devil again, once again. Now you're grappled, but you can still attack. I'll say it has the chain wrapped around your middle. What would okay. you like to do? I'm going to shoot the gold arrow at the cultist. Oh, sick! Okay, yeah, roll a hit. Um, how does that work? Just, uh, just with my arrow, I'm guessing. Yeah, roll as you normally would for a normal bow attack. If it hits, you'll hit up to three other creatures that uh, surround the one creature with the same amount of damage. Okay, well, I'm not doing sharpshooter to be more careful with this one, and 22. That'll definitely hit. Roll some damage. 13. Okay, that's enough. The golden arrow sinks slyly through the, the bodies of these two cultists. And as they're running, they're like, I'm gonna... And they immediately collapse to the ground and slide just 10 feet away from Lakara. And the golden arrow returns back to your... Oh, what what's the... Uh, what's it called? The thing that holds arrows? A quiver. Quiver, Jesus, thank you. Returns right back to your quiver. You still have your second attack. Oh my God. Okay, um, I'm going to... Can I use this as an action to move or or uh, to try to escape or do I, is it just an attack? Uh, let's say, yeah, sure. Okay, I'm going to try to get out of this. How, how does getting out work athletics, right? Uh, yeah, I'll say athletics or acrobatics. Oh, okay, then, uh, then I'll pick acrobatics because I'm just better at that. Um, the DC 16. Advantage. So the best I got was 16. Okay, that passes then. You match the Perfect. DC. So you squeeze the barbed wire pulling and tugging on your skin and your armor, but you just managed to burst out of the one chain and you actually break that chain now. So he has one less chain uh, that he can attack you with. Suck it. Yeah, great. And that is your turn. That's my turn. Perfect. So this thing, once again, he sees now that Lekar is in the room. He's going to use two chain attacks on you and two chain attacks on her. Okay, that'll miss you. And that's another crit. Holy smokes. So let's do that really quick. It attacks you with the chains and does 16 damage. Ooh. It goes to attack Lakara and hits and hits for 24 damage. And then she needs to make the same DC 16 save. Oh, she crit. <laughs> oh, nice. Fuck yeah. And then she makes it again. And she got an 18 plus whatever, so that's enough. So she gets hit by these two. She takes the damage, but she manages she, she manages to pull the chains off of her. Nice. And it's going to take its movement straight for her now, walking right by you if you want to take the attack of opportunity. I I will. Um, One simple attack. One simple attack. Okay. I'm going to do sharpshooter. And it's 11, actually, so... No, I, I, I miss, but is it just one attack? Just one attack, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Okay, but it is your turn, so what would you like to do? It's walking mm. toward Lakara right now. Okay, um, I think I'm just going to have to do... This is a big creature, right? Yes, it is large. Um, so I'm going to cast... I'm going to shoot an arrow right below it, and um, as a bonus action, actually. And um, so actually it just conjures, never mind it. It's a, I'm gonna do Grasping Vine, 
You conjure a vine that sprouts from the ground in an unoccupied space of your choice. When you cast a spell, you can direct the vine to the lash out at a creature within 30 feet of it that you can see. The creature must succeed on a deck saving throw or be pulled 20 feet directly towards the vine. Crit fail. <laughs> oh, so um, I'm just, it's going to uh, fly uh, 20 feet back to, or no, actually it stays right where it is because I said it was right under. So yeah, it, it's just right under there, and it can't move. You can do. Well, hold on. Until the spell ends, you you can direct the vine to lash out the same creature or another one as a bonus action on each of your turns. So you can keep pulling it back, essentially. Yeah, I can keep pulling it back. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Back. Right on. So it gets pulled by this vine. The vine drags its large weighted body right back to it, and it grunts and it looks down. Its chains whipping around its face. So I'm going to attack it twice with sharpshooter. All right. Um, dirty 20? Yes. And 12. The 12 will miss. Okay, so... 25. 25 damage, so that'll turn yeah. into 14. Nice. This thing is pretty bloodied. It's not looking great. The amount of arrows you put into this thing, it has, I don't even know, like six or seven sticking out at this point from its body, <laughs> and it's bleeding profusely, and it grunts with that last arrow, looks to you, and it's pissed now. It's like, okay, okay, a worthy opponent. Let's do this. He turns right, right back to you, all its attention, and he's going to do four chain attacks. Nice. Uh, so the first one's a 10. That'll miss. 22, 21, and 17 was your AC, correct? Yes. All right, so three hits, and... Oh, that, that was pretty bad. Uh, it, it only did 22 damage to you this time. Okay. So, Giriot's looking pretty rough. He's just, like, he, get, he gets knocked back a bit, and he, and he tries to get back up, and he's, like, you know, he struggles, struggles through it, but he's bleeding profusely. Like, Kara's, like, just about there! She screams out as she's working as quickly as she can to finish this thing. Okay. Oof. Now I need you to make three... Uh, Dexterity saving throws for me. Okay, I'll, and I will do that. Oh, that was a crit. Okay. <laughs> and that's 19. And that is 27, Avery. Roll a percentage dice for your crit. Ooh, I, I, and I will. Two. Two, okay. <laughs> I'm not so... even joking. <laughs> uh, not, not enough for a divine intervention. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, oh, I guess it would be. That actually. would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that literally would be, yes. All right, so these things don't manage to restrain you. It is now your turn. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to give it all I have. And, um, okay. I'm just going to keep shooting at it. It's the best thing I can do for now. Okay. Um, let me see. D20 plus so sharpshooter. Yep. Again, and that is 21. Oh yeah. And that is 18. The 18 just misses. Ah, okay. 21 damage. 21 turning to 10. Oh my god, this thing is so close. With that last arrow, it literally falls to a knee. It's bleeding so profusely out of like the 8 to 10 arrows sticking out of its chest at its sides at this point, creating a pool of blood on your vines underneath it. It grunts and it looks around and turns back to like her on its turn. It's going to take two more attacks against her. As a bonus action, I'm, I'm uh, on my turn though, I'm just going to go... I'm gonna make sure he has to pass a saving dexterity saving throw. Okay, so it goes to move toward her, and he he only rolled a six, so that's a complete and utter fail. He gets whipped right back, gets pissed off. He's like, "All right, I have a ranged weapon though." He turns and he lets out this grunt as he slashes with both chains. 
One's oh a miss, oh, no. and the other's a miss. Holy shit! Oh, oh, oh my god! She rolls out of the way, holding the gauntlet to her chest as the two chains doof doof into the ground, and she it turns its attention back to you with its final two chains, and it's gonna roll to hit you. And oh my god, that's only a sixteen, and a fifteen. Okay, so how do you want to dodge these other two chains as it whips it at you? So um, I'm gonna roll out of the way for one and just kind of like tilt my head to move out of the other one. <laughs> like super close, minimal <laughs> movements. Very calculative, knowing exactly where these things are going. Two All more right. cultists burst through the door behind you, being drawn to the fray. I can't do this. But it's your turn. <laughs> what would you like to do? Um. All right, I'm going to shoot this thing. All right. Um, um, and um, hold off my second attack for a second. Um, and that is a 17. So no, I, I miss. No, that'll miss. The okay, first arrow, it, it slices it in half with one of its chains. And this time I'm not going to do sharpshooter. Okay. I'm just going to shoot it, and that is a crit, Avery. Oh, shit! Okay, <laughs> so roll some crit damage. All right, I will. So that is 40, Avery. Okay, how do you want to do this? So I just <gasps> inhale, open my eyes, and uh, just as I let go of my arrow, exhale as I shoot it right between the eyes. And the arrow flies right through its head, splurting Lycar with blood about 15 feet behind it as this thing is pumping with so much adrenaline. And its chains pull tighter on its body as it begins to collapse in on itself and it lops off its arms and squeezes on its head as it tries to pull off its own chains. And the chains squeeze its head into a pulp like an exploding watermelon and its body collapses to the ground. And the nice. chains slither away like snakes and burrow into the ground and leave the scene. I kind of give a big exhale. The, as you exhale, the cultists say, holy fuck, we're going to make you pay for it. And then Lycara screams, got it. She sets the gauntlet down, whips around. She's going to cast Conjure Barrage as she whips a dagger out from her sheath, tosses it in the air, casts a spell, about 15 daggers. This barrage of daggers appear and they fly toward these cultists in a perfect silhouette around you, Gary, as to not attack you. <laughs> One cultist passes, the other fails, so they're only gonna take half damage. Oh my god. So max damage, both these things, <laughs> both these cultists, even the one that passes, gets sliced and diced and stabbed with all these magical daggers, and they collapse to the ground behind you. <laughs> Avery? Yes. I have four health left, so I just kind of spit out my blood. <gasps> oh, oh my no. god. Like Hara runs to you, and, and, and she says, Kirid, Kirid, you're hurt. Mm. I'll make it. Cure wounds immediately. She okay. and uh, so you're gonna heal. She casts it at a third level. You're gonna heal. Uh, oh, nice. Eight, ten, eleven, thirteen. You heal thirteen. Nice. So still, I'm still looking pretty bad, but like, huh, uh, thank you, thank you, mother. I'm glad you're I can. You're a good mom. You know that. She actually like bites back tears, and she says. I always wanted to be. I missed you, and I'm glad I could help you now and see you grow up. And... But now we must do what we must. And she runs back to the gauntlet, and she says, all my mistakes with you, with these people, everyone, I'm going to turn it around. It'll all be undone. Right. You, you mentioned this explosion, and I limp over. What, my, what do you 
have in mind and tell me the truth this time. She looks at you and after what you just said, she can't lie to you at this point. She says, it's a suicide mission, Giri. Oh, no. The gauntlet and the kyber shard and that plate, when it's set in, they must be within touching distance. They have to be touching in order for this thing to go as big of a boom as possible. So I'll be going in and it's been really great to connect with you again, son. And she begins walking out. And I, and I, and I go as like, I understand. Non-lethal damage, Avery, I'm gonna shoot her. Roll with advantage, because she's not even expecting it. Roll with advantage. Okay. Damn, I didn't mean to crit there. Okay, I crit one for legs. Okay, roll your non-lethal damage then. I love you could specify that. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, you can always specify that, yes. Wow, that just changed the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I'm so sorry for all the sessions that you weren't able to do that before then. <laughs> I'm so afraid of killing people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of ups the stakes, though. Oh, no, sorry. I did 36 damage to one of her legs. Oh, oh my oh. god. So she was hit from this uh, chain devil before, and with that other 36 non lethal damage, your arrow sinks right through her calf and sinks into the stone with the force and pins her to the ground. And she falls, and the gauntlet goes flying and rolling out of her hand in the room, and she screams. And she's trying to pull the arrow out, but she can't because it hurts so much. And she says, What are you doing? I, I grabbed the gauntlet, and I said, it, it was nice to reconnect with you, mother. Oh, and I go through the door. Bring your players to exciting fantasy worlds with Sword Coast Soundscapes. With over 100 different D&D soundscapes on YouTube, Sword Coast has ambient tracks for any setting from coast to coast, some of which you can hear in this podcast. If you're loving the music you hear in this campaign, then consider supporting Will Savino on his Patreon, Music D20, where he is constantly dropping new music to elevate your tabletop games. Just go to www.patreon.com and search Music D20. After choosing a patron tier, you'll get access to hundreds of tracks thoughtfully composed for your adventure role-playing games. Hey there. Thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face-to-face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil long thought to be vanquished. 
The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Talltale Theater Collective. Grow with us.